Ralph running in and bowling, and it's onto the back foot is uh, Game Mitchell. Over. Game over. <laughs> New Zealand have won. I came a long way since back in the day. From a teenager trying to make it rap in this way. Ever since I was a kid, I had something to say. Rocking mics was a dream. I didn't care about pay. I sacrificed late nights. Welcome in to the Enterprise Recruitment Canterbury Sports Corner for 2024. Morning, everybody. A bit of a hoarse throat because I've been screaming the Black Caps home last night, haven't I? Hagley, what a venue. Christchurch, what a city. Canterbury, what a place. 20th of January, hopefully you will join me for the next hour as we talk Canterbury sport and uh, actually a bit of sport across the board and then the mail run after that with Mick. We're going to talk racing, we're going to try and find a couple of winners for your Wellington Cup day, but forget it, Wellington. All about Canterbury and boy oh boy. How hot is it? I know, weather chat, but seriously, 25 degrees last night overnight. It was um, it was sweaty, wasn't it? Tell you what it was when the Black Caps went three down. It was also sweaty last night. Finn Allen finally did something wrong this series. Tim Seifert and Will Young. Well, Will Young crunched one to kind of like a mid-wicket. Tim Seifert. Finn Allen, they just didn't look like they were picking up the pace of it. And then Daryl Mitchell, Glenn Phillips come back with a huge partnership, a huge partnership for the fourth wicket, and uh, they see us home. And I tell you what, this this series has really shown that the Black Caps can win in different conditions. Uh, I, I mean, it's clearly in our conditions, but game circumstances, they're doing it bowling first, they're doing it batting first, and... I think this is really positive signs for the T20 World Cup, which obviously aren't in, isn't in New Zealand. But, man, we're, we're just going so deep. Everybody's standing up at different points uh, in the game. Tim Southey's last over with the ball was, was immaculate, really. Um, Lockie Ferguson, four overs, two for 27, just bowling absolute heat. And then Mitch Santner, as always, just tying one end up four overs, only conceding 23 runs. Uh, the Black Caps at Hagley last night, it was fantastic. Right, what I want to do, I want to I talk to you this morning because I'm doing the show live. I don't always do the show live. It's a trade secret. But I'd love to hear from you this morning and talk about the cricket. How good is this Black Caps team going? How good do you think they could be at this T20 World Cup? Are there any selections that you're loving? Is there any selections that you're not too sure about? 0800 150 811. Give me a call. I'd love to talk to you. We're also... Going to chat sailing with Andy Maloney of, uh, well, he's an Emirates Team New Zealand crew member. And also, more specifically, he is the flight controller for the New Zealand Sail GP side. And uh, side crew, I guess, boat. And they are back-to-back winners on the Sail GP circuit. And, of course, in two events time, so they go to Sydney. And then they're coming back here to Littleton and Christchurch, Aotearoa. So, Andy Maloney's going to talk to us about the Sail GP season. And Cole McConchie, he's... Uh, he is your, well, Canterbury Kings captain. And they are in a very interesting position where they need a result. They need a result big time um, coming up because essentially they are in a do or die scenario when they go up to play the Wellington Firebirds in the Super Smash. Uh, Paul P. Winnell is going to join us before the end of the show as well as we talk some local sport with Trident Homes. We talk a touch competition, which today is uh, out there in... Ah, Belfast, I believe, and boy, it's going to be hot. I think they said that it could get to 36 degrees today. But if you want to give me a call, 0800 150 811. What do I actually have? I've got a Peter Tim's $50 Peter Tim's butchery voucher for someone to, to have today. 
but I'm going to need to talk to you. 0800 I'm going to need to talk to you. And you could have a $50 Peter Tim's butchery voucher. Uh, great for the barbecue season. I actually got a ham from there post-Christmas. Delicious. Jacob, new theory on life. Yep. One for the rule book. Never buy a ham pre-Christmas. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, is that is that because they're on special after after Christmas? Sickeningly so. <laughs> for, $40 for a big half a leg at Peter Tim's, 40 bucks, and it was like, I, I think it was more than half price. Mm. I bet you can get some nice lamb rack and, and whatnot from old Peter Tim's as well. Yeah, <laughs> you can get nice lamb rack. Um, people might be people might be having a sleep in this morning. I, I wouldn't blame them, but if you are listening, give me a call. Oh, 800 um, the, the Black Caps are humming along. They're 4-0 this series, and they've all, they could have lost every one of the games. They've actually had to dig in. So it's a little bit of a buzz here for the T20 side, Jacob. Yeah, absolutely right. And um, you you said earlier as well, um, you know, great signs for this T20 World Cup coming up in uh, June, I think June slash July. Uh, it's in America and the West Indies, I believe. Um, and you're completely right. Like, I mean, I was a bit of a naysayer going into this series on especially Finn Allen. I, I personally thought Will Young um, should be opening the top of the order alongside Conway or Rachin Ravindra, someone like that. Um, obviously, he didn't fire last night, Will Young, but um, neither did Finn Allen. But Finn Allen, certainly uh, first name on the team sheet going forward after his performances in the last three, um, before last night. And But yeah, Daryl Mitchell and Glenn Phillips, safe hands, you could say. Darren Mitchell, the thing about this black cap side that I'm loving is there's always somebody that's going to stand up. I mean, they, they're yeah. batting really deep, and there's just there doesn't seem to be any trouble. You know, if a couple go, and, and we didn't even get to Mark Chapman, who's been playing really well as well. Well, uh, Finn Allen, this is the Canterbury Sports Corner. So I'm reluctant to do this, but <laughs> boy, he's really turned a page, I think. Uh, you can tell he's been getting coached. Like very hard. I think Gary Stead is desperate to make Finallan work. I think he's invested a lot of personal stock and time into Finallan, and you can tell that he's spending a lot of time just listening to Finn talking after he scored that massive century in Dunedin. Um, he was kind of saying that you know Gary just wants him to play straight. He just wants him to watch the ball, and he kind of just made a couple of references to Gary Stead, which made me think. You know, they're really, really working with him. They want him because he can take, he's the sort of guy, kind of like Bears was, he can take a game away from you in f- three overs, can't he? Yeah, or like his success, um, sorry, the person before him um, that he succeed, succeeded, Martin Guptill. I mean, he reminds yeah, me quite Guptill. a lot of him. Um, I Big mean, levers. Yeah, exactly. And swings hard. And obviously, when he swings hard and misses, uh, he's very disappointed because he expects it to go to the boundary. And that's that's the mindset that he has going into every innings. Um, obviously, the big issue was uh, with him was, and I think Macca mentioned it um, during one of the TVNZ commentaries while I was watching the game, I think the third T20, where that was the one of the uh, three consecutive games uh, Finn Allen had batted out of the power play. So he's a very hit-and-miss player um, and obviously hit the last yeah. Um, yeah. in this series so far. And you know what? It's also another massive tick for the Super Smash. Yeah. Because he's he's gone or domestic cricket in general, because he went back, he's played a bit of Ford Trophy, he scored a couple of big he put a couple of big scores up for Auckland, and that's good. 
it's they, these guys should be able to use domestic cricket as a sounding board, as a place to be able to go and get better. And you know, it, it hasn't been dropped per se, but people like myself and, and sounds like you as well, we were calling for it, and he, he responded. So good on Finellan. Uh, Daryl Mitchell on his home ground, getting us home. That is very special. Seventy-two from forty-four. Glenn Phillips is one of my favourite cricketers going around at the moment. Um, he really is just, he's such a live wire. I think he is, he is now undroppable in all three formats. I said that this week. Um, he's just playing. He, he He's probably worth, he's getting, so speaking of Guppy, I think Glenn Phillips is getting to that range where he's probably worth somewhere between 12 and 15 runs at the field every game. He is mm. just that good out there. He's dynamic. So, yeah, really, really good stuff. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, did you see Joe Smith is the uh, the new Wallabies coach? Thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't know. It's surprising by well, me personally. I thought they were going to go homegrown with another Australian uh, coaching their side. Uh, I mean, it hasn't worked out previously uh, with New Zealand-based or New Zealand coaches coaching the Wallabies. Um, you know, it's kind of ended in, in disaster most recently with Dave Rennie. I mean, Joe Schmidt set up the uh, program for Ireland, uh, you know, the success, success program for like Andy Farrell uh, going into that World Cup. And obviously they were number one ranked for the year before, uh, two in the before the 2019 World Cup. Um, I mean, I, I, it could be possibly, I mean, if he gets the complete control, um, you know, with the men he, he likes, I think he has someone from that Ireland um, reign uh, assisting him at, and uh, with the Wallabies going forward for the next like few years. So, I mean, they could set up a program that, that could be really successful, I think. Yeah, it's just not even about the coach at this stage, though. Like, he's the right man. He's as good as, well, I'll put it like this. He's as good a coach as any. He's as good as Perthson for that role, like Dave Rennie would have been <laughs> as well. That's the sick irony in all of this. But none of these coaches can achieve anything without their whole, f- the fundamental way that that organisation and rugby in that country is run and, um, I think if they work on both of those things at the same time, they give Joe the car keys while they try and figure everything else out and they try to buy themselves some time, which kind of sounds like what they're doing, only signing him through to the end of the lines. Um, I think that's probably a smart thing. Uh, also, shout out to the Phoenix as well. I know we want our own A-League side here in uh, Canterbury, and I think we're going to get one. Well, the South Island. Shout out to the Phoenix. They snatched a draw last night. Top of the table clash with the victory. One all, and they managed to score, uh, get a draw deep into that game, and Alex Rufford penalty five minutes into added time. So, uh, very dramatic, and I'm loving what the Phoenix are doing this year. Right before we go away and come back and talk a little bit of cricket with more cricket with Cole McConchie, I reckon we should take in this chase because our commentary team here on SCNZ, including one of the only Chris Harris who works out of our Christchurch office here, um, they they called that they called that uh, performance. That run chase from Hagley beautifully as Daz, Daryl Mitchell, Canterbury Zone, and Glenn Phillips started setting after a, a pretty handy total that Pakistan had put up. Here are those second innings of highlights. A little bit more blue sky down to the west, and Shaheen is bowling. And the first boundary of the day comes as Allen smashes the ball past Barbara Razam at uh, mid on. A few bounces that just got above the ground and it just flew. Such timing, New Zealand underway for... So tough when uh, you missed your line or your length or both as Shaheen bowls. And Alan is uh, playing his court. I'm afraid it's over with just two boundaries. Shaheen has the victory. Just a slightly slower delivery which set up. Alan was through his shot too early. He got a leading edge. 
And the catch taken at a point, a dolly really, it just popped up. And sadly for New Zealand and the crowd here at the Hagley Oval, Alan's innings is all too short. Trying to turn a ball into the onside, a leading edge, and caught comfortably uh, at uh, point, the fielder, Saim Ayu. And uh, Seifert is on strike. He comes forward. Oh. He's going to be caught by Babar at mid-on. He is completely mistimed by Seifert. Pakistan cock-a-hoop as uh, they pick up their second wicket. Seifert again being squared up by uh, Shaheen. Or Satner, as you'd expect. As shorter delivery. Caught! Brilliantly caught. Gee whiz. New Zealand are in trouble with Nawaz at mid-wicket. Diving away to his right. Young got a ball that was just short of a length. He pulled it. And uh, nice catch taken by, by Nawaz just above the ground. New Zealand at 20 for three. Shaheen has his third wicket. The sun's disappeared behind the hills in the west. There's a lovely shot by Phillips onto the back foot. There's a chase for Fahan at, uh, oh dear, and that, he doesn't cover himself in glory as he uses his feet, diving feet first to try and stop the ball at uh, backward point. Running from third man, not great. I think the hands would have been a better option. It's 25 for three. 1996, here's a drive down the ground for four. A big barrel for big barrel where mates look after mates. Lovely shot by Phillips. Got a full delivery from uh, Shaheen. Hit through the line down to mid-off. 34 for three. Game on their hands tonight as uh, Phillips is on to the back foot and he pulls a short ball from Nawaz to the boundary at deep backward square leg. The flames light up and uh, Phillips has uh, another boundary. A bit slow and one that's a bit quicker and that's a bit quicker and it's quickly dispatched away to the boundary by Mitchell. Good shot. Short and Mitchell getting inside the line and pulling the ball nicely behind square for four. Mitchell is 12, Phillips is 28. Here's uh, Mohammed Wasim bowling to Mitchell. Short delivery. Mitchell onto the back foot, pulls the ball away to the boundary behind square for four. Shaheen three for 23 from three overs. Terrific spell. And here's uh, Mitchell underneath this ball. Phillips it is over the boundary at long off for six. Beautiful shot. Really looked effortless as he got underneath the left arm spinner's delivery. He just missed his length a bit. And that ball over the fielder down on the long off boundary for six. Good shot. Mitchell onto the back foot. Pulls that one over. Backward square leg for six. Brilliant shot. Shaheen going short. Mitchell read it like a book. He's 51 from 34 balls. Brilliant innings from Daryl Mitchell. He joins Phillips on 50 been the pick of them for Pakistan. Oh. oh, this has gone miles from Phillips. Miles back into the uh, stand here. Over the stand. Brilliant shot from Phillips. Short from Ralph. 123 k's an hour, a slower ball, and Phillips read it. Carry on going. He may well do. He might be looking for a big barrel boundary. He is as he goes onto the back foot. He's got underneath it. It's going out towards the point boundary. It's over Mohammed Wasim's head at point. He watched it as he ran backwards, and at the end, it flirted with him and then ended up over the boundary. Phillips has got other ideas. He's 69, it's 147 for three. It's Mitchell on strike. He goes uh, over the boundary at mid-wicket for six. <laughs> Stand and deliver, Daryl Mitchell. New Zealand needs five more runs from 14, and that's as good a shot as any tonight. Zaman pitching the ball up, and Mitchell getting underneath it and smashing it a miles over the boundary at mid-wicket. Here's Ralph running in and bowling, and it's onto the back foot is uh, Game Mitchell. Over. Game over. <laughs> New Zealand have won. Brilliant, emphatic.
Nine bulls remaining in the end. In fact, uh, 11. 11 bulls remaining. And New Zealand have won by seven wickets. They go into the series now 4-0 with the last game to be played on Sunday. Check it out. One, two. Hey yo, hey yo, I came a long way since back in the day from a Angley, beautiful, what a venue it is and uh, what a chase that was, Daryl Mitchell and Glenn Phillips seeing us home in the end, beautifully called by the team, uh, Garth, gee he is good when he gets into full flight, so the Black Caps go 4-0 and we're back at Hagley on Sunday, series whitewash would have seemed very unlikely in a T20 format to start this uh, series, but they're just playing Really good cricket. Really good cricket. So, good on the Black Caps. Um, I'm going to be there on Sunday. Cannot wait for that. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Hopefully, it's not 36 degrees. They reckon it's going to get 36 degrees in parts of Canterbury up in Cheviot and Wire today, Jake. 36 degrees. There's been bushfires out in Lowburn, Amberley. I hope everybody's keeping safe. I'm a little bit worried about these kids playing in this touch tournament. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, they, yeah, they're playing this afternoon. Um, I mean, uh, you would assume that they've got water breaks uh, implemented throughout the uh, throughout the games, right? <laughs> well, we'll ask, we'll ask our man Paul Peewini, who's uh, who's in charge of the joint, because it is hot. It has been very hot down here in the O3. 17 minutes past seven. You're listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Enterprise, the recruitment company, improving people's lives for over 50 years. We love their support. Back again for 2024. After this. More cricket with your king skipper, Cole McConchie. Struggling, wondered how I'm gonna make it through. I no money in my pocket. With us now in the Canterbury Sports Corner, we've been lucky enough to, to touch base with our skipper for the Canterbury Kings a number of times throughout the season and uh, deep into the Super Smash campaign now. We're going to catch up with Cole McConchie because, well, it's been a, a back and forth, up and down season, I suppose. One win here, one loss here, a game rained out. Probably hard to find momentum. That's the way it's looked from the outside, but we'll ask Cole exactly about that. How are you going on a, a stonking Norwester, Cole? It's pretty warm, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, no, love loving the heat. Thanks, Lewis, and thanks a lot for having us on the show. It's um, yeah, always a pleasure. But yeah, you've probably summed up the T20 season well so far. We've um, yeah, we've had some, we've had some great games. Um, we've had some sort of little hiccups and some weather in between. So yeah, kind of have haven't had the momentum that we've had in previous seasons. But you know, we head up to the basin on Monday, and you know, an exciting proposition with you know, sort of a little bit of a do or die game for us. Well, that's it. Like you're still in, I guess it, you're struggling to find momentum, but you're still in with a chance. And um, what do we have? Four or five games to close the season out here. Uh, Wellington, Otago, Auckland, Indy and CD and in, uh, Indy. So, uh, oh, sorry. No, what do we got? Only two of those. Actually, one. One. Let me rephrase it. You're right. Do or die. I was looking at the full schedule. Um, and, and that's pretty much, so it's playoffs from here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, certainly. It's the last game of the round robin against Wellington on Monday um, for the T20s. Um, so, you know, we win that, we put ourselves in a place of the semi-final, and as we know, anything can happen from there. So, yeah, really, really proud of the boys the way that, you know, fronted up last night up in um, Seddon Park. You know, a great team performance, and, you know, when we needed it. So, it's, yeah, it's really exciting to be heading up to 
Wellington with all to play for. That's exactly right. And it was a, a really good performance. Um, you must have been absolutely thrilled to be able to post that score and just put the squeeze on straight away. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, any time you get a score like that, you know, the opposition are going to come out pretty hot with the bat. Um, and, you know, Northern is such a quality team. A lot of power hitters right throughout. And, um, you know, the way Willow Rock came out with the ball and that folks there, you know, really special and sort of just set the tone for us, really. So, um, yeah, couldn't have got, got off to a better start, really. How good is Zach Folks going? I mean, he's he's turning some heads. I promise you that. We're getting people texting into the station, calling the station, saying there's this him and Will, to be fair, but they're, they're really promising young bowlers that we can look and we can look forward to watching for a very long time. Yes, they certainly are. I mean, both, you know, huge skill sets, you know, quality quality people as well and just, you know, go about their work. And they've been a huge part of our success, you know, not only this year but last season as well. So, it's really exciting seeing them come come through, and you know they've still got a lot of lot in the tank as well. What if you see you made the mention of it's been hard to find a bit of momentum? Is that just the nature of twenty twenty cricket, or is there something you can pinpoint that has been going on where you guys haven't quite been where you would have wanted to be at the start of the twenty twenty section of the season? Uh, I think it's just na- nature of the competition, really. I think you know the best at cricket here in New Zealand, you know, there's six quality teams and you know if you're a fraction off the ball it's, it's sort of one of those games that's tough to you know wrestle back momentum when you do start poorly so it can it can sort of unravel a little bit because the nature of it you need to keep on going hard um, but yeah I, I think you know it's all about confidence and I think the way the boys prepared for this game up in you know Hamilton was fantastic and you know Fultz is a big part of that in terms of just mm. you know trying to really push that freedom approach and you know, sort of the way Chad Bowers and Tommy Latham started the innings yesterday. It was just unreal and some great hitting there. So um, long may that continue. So, okay, let's forecast this. It's, you're right. It's a do-or-die game uh, essentially here against the Firebirds. Um, it'll be a, a ripping day, hopefully, and they're pretty good there at, at the Basin. If you're so lucky to win the toss, what are you going to do? Without seeing the pitch, obviously. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's always a tough one. I think we've played we've played three or four games on the same wicket, so it'll be really dependent whether we're on that same wicket or if we're on a freshie. But um, you know, they're a really quality team, tough team to beat up there, and you know, we're going to have to be at our best. So it's um, yeah, and, and saying that, I know, sort of last night showed it, and previous seasons have showed it. If we're at our best, we're you know we're a tough team to beat. So um, I'm sure they'll be a little bit nervous as well at the prospect. Do you put just I guess philosophically? Do you prefer setting a score, or are you a are you guys a unit that you'd you'd like to chase it if you if the conditions suit? Um, I, I think slightly lean towards setting. I think you know if you can get a good total on the board, and um, you know you can really use that scoreboard as, as an advantage, and also you know the bowlers you know can start working towards it, and um, you know every wicket that you take just makes it harder and harder. So. Probably lean that way a little bit, but um, yeah, that's not always the case. So you just got to play what's in front of you. Just personally, Cole, we'll just finish with you. I mean, how are you finding your own performance? Like a, a couple of scores early on in the T20, then as you say, it's just a fickle business, really, isn't it? And sometimes, no fault of your own, you can kind of be on the wrong end of it. So, how are you, how are you traveling um, personally? Yeah, no, good, thank you. I feel you know, like feel like I've been in some good form this season, and you know, even even you know, last night. When you're batting in that middle, that four or five, you know, six point, you know, last night you come out the bat and you got five overs to go and you've got to go from ball one. And yeah. You know, can, 
can kind of go one or two ways and you know that's the nature of it if you're batting in that middle so um no feel, feeling really good and you know I think you know if I'm coming out with five overs to go the team's in a really good position so um yeah the way that the guys started last night was fantastic and now, hopefully we can do the same again um, up in Wellington. Last one, but I, I've, I feel like we've seen this a wee bit in this uh, T20 Pakistan International Series against Pakistan as well because the boys have been going out hard um, and then guys come through, your Chappies or your um, Glenn or whoever it is, and they're in a position where they literally have to swing from ball one. Do you find that, that, that some players are better at that than others? And they might not be a better cricketer or a better batter per se, but some people have the ability to just be able to pick up the wicket, the pace of the, the wicket and, and kind of see the ball from ball one easier than others? Yeah, certainly. And I think, you know, it's a real skill and it's something that's going to be, you know, hugely sought after in T20 cricket, mm. that ability to hit from ball one. But, you know, as, as we've all grown up with it, you know, get yourself in, get yourself that pace of the wicket and um, get your eye in and then go. So, um, you know, it's a little bit of adjustment in that, but, you know, we're always trying to keep on improving because that's such a big part of middle order batting and that T20, you've got to be able to, you know, generate a strike rate from ball one and I think, you know, sort of the way that BJ Jacobs, young fella, came out and he could strike it from ball one and, you know, he's probably one of the ones around the country that's, I mean, very early on in his career, but, you know, he's fantastic at doing it. You've seen strike it in the nets from ball one and it's hugely impressive. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. Oh, yeah, you're right. There was a, an epic wee innings, wasn't it? 36 from 13. That's exactly what that, that's what you want there, batting at six. Uh, really, really impressive. Cole, good luck for the, the game in Wally on Monday and then uh, for whatever the rest of the season. Hopefully you get another crack in the T20 stuff. We'll catch up again before the end of the summer, but always nice to chat. Yeah, thanks a lot for having us. Appreciate it. Okay, coming off a, a couple of really good performances in Sale GP, we're going to catch up with Andy Maloney now. He is the flight controller for the uh, Kiwi Sale GP team. And yeah, a really, really impressive couple of performances and lighter wins for, for these guys. So we are stoked ahead of Christchurch or Sydney, then Christchurch be able to catch up with Andy. Andy, you're um, juggling a few different hats at the moment, but you, you sailors would rather be busier than not, I can only assume. Yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all go. Um but yeah, now we love it. You know, we we learn from all the different types of sailing that we do. So, you know, we're just we're we're enjoying it, and we're trying to take everything we can out of all the different campaigns that we're involved in. And um, I mean, it's great as a unit. You know, we're involved in both both campaigns, and I think that really helps us um, to become better as a, as a team. I th- it was something I was really interested on a couple of years ago, um, the the way you could juggle different hats and find momentum across different camps, but. Has it got easier? Like, are you more comfortable now? And um, as far as, okay, well, we're kind of doing this this week, but we're doing this next week and finding those similarities, as you say, and trying to find the crossovers? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, especially on the GP side of things, like that was very new to us a couple of years ago. And um, we've definitely streamlined all of our processes around our meetings between events as well as our build-ups to events and when we're flying and getting the most out of sort of that week leading up to the event. So it, it is becoming easier. And now that we've got a bit more experience on that circuit as well, you know, like our base is there. So it's about refining and trying to improve the smaller things rather than trying to learn everything at once. 
Yeah, makes perfect sense. And and also those boats, you were trying to get well, trying to get the hang of your boat, and then you had disruption with that. Um, and I guess a sustained run now, and it's led to a really good performance uh, in Dubai, and then the the debut performance in Abu Dhabi um, must have been so rewarding for you guys, considering you were right on the cusp of even making the final, weren't you? Yeah, I mean we we've had a pretty pretty tough. Um sort of middle of the season, like the beginning to the middle of the season, it was tough for us with the um, the wing failure and missing an event in Toronto. So for the team to bounce back in Dubai and get the, the win there, it felt like it had been a while sort of between drinks. And then um, to come off the Christmas break with another win in Abu Dhabi, both lighter events, um, yeah, just really satisfying. You know, we're striving to perform across the board, whether it's really windy or really light, and to be performing in the really light stuff, um, really good and now it's going to just require a bit of a mental shift probably when we come down under where we expect to have a bit more grief. Yeah, that's right. I was in Sydney last year and man, it was like, I thought I was going to get blown off Shark Island. It was so windy out there. Um, so it's a completely different game. I guess you've shown versatility. You guys can win in both windy and light conditions. I know the Aussies weren't exactly loving the light stuff. How, how different is it? I mean, I know you were, you had both holes in the water in the uh, fleet races. So like, is it essentially different, completely different style of sailing and, and you, you're most changes well literally and then also mentally about what you're trying to achieve when you're out there yeah 100 percent um i mean every pretty much everything changes for us when it gets that light we um we lose two crew members off the boat so we lose the grinders so our roles amongst the four of us that remain on the boat that all changes completely um and then obviously you're in h2 so the tactics and the strategy around where you place the boat around the racetrack um it changes as well. How you trim the sails, everything pretty much changes. So it's a big switch to get from, you know, full foiling and 20 knots of breeze on the smallest wing to then drifting around and, um, and a few knots of breeze on the big 29 meter wing. So it is a, it is a big shift, but we've got some, some good notes now and we've sailed enough on all the different configurations to be pretty switched on to it. And, um, just about making that mental switch and making sure you sort of refresh better than everyone else because we don't get a lot of training time before the event. Yeah, that's right. And I know that's been like a bit of a sticking point for the crew members um, through the kind of uh, the running of, of SailGP. You, you, you're learning literally in the races. I, I guess the winning of it, as far as I could tell, was the start. Um, you got to the marker first, really, really um, sharp move around that, and it was kind of all over from there. But I was just wondering like, how different it is when you're in the fleet races versus the final. So you go from the full fleet to the three and on the start line. I assume you have so much more room to move and your lines can be much bigger? Yeah, exactly. When, there's, um, when, when, when all the boats are on the start line, you know, and that light stuff, you really have to ideally position yourself in the front row and do a nice slow timed pivot at the last second to sort of hit the line with as much speed as you can. But it's very difficult when the whole fleet gets very close to the start line, but you need to be in that front row for clear air to, um, to execute that really well. And that's where you see the variability, I think, in people's Mark 1 position. It is very hard to execute that. And then you shift to the three-boat race. Like you said, there's a lot more space on the start line, and you can kind of revert back to maybe what is a more windier start approach where you you can approach the start line from a long bit way back on a timed run, and you can have some clear air. And that's, that's essentially what we tried to do in that final race. And you know, between races, we did a nice sort of practice run at the line from the seawall where the spectators sit all the way to the start line. So we had a, we had a really good feel on our timings there. And fortunately, the other two started playing silly buggers with each other down the bottom end of the line, and that just opened it up for us to just execute that time on distance. 
Yeah, you must. You could, probably couldn't believe your luck when you saw the other two. Yeah, getting into it, and and you just had a clean run at it. It was, it, yeah, it was pretty much world's best case scenario for the Kiwis. Yeah, exactly. No, it was exactly what you what, what you're trying to do, and you know, let them make the mistake and just execute your game plan. So it was it was prima. Yeah, no, nah, it's been a been an epic couple of events um, in the lighter stuff. So as you say, we come back down here, Sydney, then Christchurch. Now, obviously, it wasn't going to be in Christchurch for a long period of time. I'm uh, I'm really curious from your point of view, and I guess the whole team's point of view. Um, like you would have loved to sail in Auckland. Obviously, the, the America's Cup there was just spectacular, and and Auckland has a real good um, sailing community and fans. But coming back to Littleton, you get a second bite at the cherry. It's a course you know. It's conditions you know. Is is it in a way um, make it a bit more like you've already got a run up at it? You kind of know what you're going to expect, and, and the sailing could potentially be of a higher quality because everybody's got notes from last year where they could have done things slightly differently. So, what was your take on it all? Yeah, I mean, we as a team, you know, we we just love racing in front of our home crowds. Um, so we're stoked to be racing back in New Zealand in, in March. Um, it would have been awesome to be up in Auckland um, to, you know, probably have a few more friends and family from this area, you know, around the biggest city in New Zealand sort of come to watch the racing. But Littleton, on the other hand, was an amazing venue. And like you said, we had some great racing there last year. So when it did have to get shifted to Littleton, um, you know, it's not all bad news really. And um, we're super excited to get back racing there and, we know that a lot of the a lot of the fans will make the effort to get down there and um, obviously perform in front of the South Island fans as well. So, nah, super exciting and. I mean, that venue was just wicked last year, so you can't wait to get back out there. It was it was one of the best, I think, from a spectator's point of view. Like, we were watching that you guys and, and the Canadians just go at it, really. It was like a stone's throw away. So um, is there anything, if you think back to that, is there anything that you can kind of take forward to this year? I mean, I assume the same time of year conditions will be pretty similar. So was there anything, when you think about the course and the way it was laid out, that you guys will be focusing on this far out? Yeah, 100%. Um, we we learned heats last season in, in Littleton, um, and we've got a lot of good notes on all that stuff tactically around the racetrack and where the options are for passing lanes. Um, I think the interesting thing last year was that it was in that wind range where we were still on the light air boards on the 24-meter wing, which but the breeze was actually up quite a lot. So, mm. I mean, all the teams can maneuver really well on that configuration. So it did open up some options around the racetrack and it was some really exciting racing as a result because you could create splits and yeah. um, everyone was very similar in boat speed. So it did make for some really tight racing. And um, I mean, last year we, we took advantage of some early jive options around Mark 1 and passed a lot of boats on that first run. And I'm sure some other teams will be clued on to that this year. So we'll have to look for the, for the next option as well. And I mean, there's fleets evolving all the time. So we can look back on last year, but also look forward and try and figure out how we're going to play it this year. Yeah, no, you're so right. It was it was like opinion based sailing, wasn't it? It was it was beautiful um, conditions, and you could kind of pick pick and choose where you wanted to be out there on the course, and, and uh, lots of different boats were doing that. Uh, awesome stuff, Andy. Congratulations for the last couple. I know you've got a bit of uh, Emirates Team New Zealand stuff to take care of now, and then obviously Sydney and down to here to Littleton. So um, you guys will be fizzing, and I know you, there's a lot of the crossover with the crews and stuff. So that continuity rolls over. So um, happy days for the next wee while while you keep busy, eh? Yeah, cheers, Lewis. Hopefully we'll touch back after these down under again. No backbone, I stand alone, not tripping. Just say I'm different. 
You're listening to the Canterbury Sports Corner, 20th of January, just coming up to 8am now, and boy, do we have some great local sport going on in the region this morning, and I tell you who's, well, always involved when it comes to community sport, that's Trident Homes, they're proud supporters of community sport across Christchurch, check out their modern home plans and show home locations at tridenthomes.nz, and this weekend, it's the Trident Homes Touch Club Championship, so... Paul Piwini, who's always deeply involved with this tournament and the sport in the region, joins us now. Morning, Paul. How are you going, brother? Hey, Billy. How's it going? Yeah, yeah. Super. We were, um, look, I've got a couple of questions for you. Firstly, how hot was it yesterday out there for these people involved? And secondly, how long has this touch tournament been going on for, this club championships? Because I've got, I've got vague memories of potentially playing it way back. Is this a, quite a reoccurring thing in, in the region? Yeah, yeah, well, first off, mate, um, yeah, Murana Tato. Um, yeah, really, really hot yesterday. We've even got some Aussie boys come over to play for my club team and, and they were feeling the pinch. They were classy as always, of course, but, yeah, no, it was a tough day yesterday and um, it'll be a tough one again today for the players. But, you know, the cream will rise to the top, so the team who's the fittest will handle these conditions and um, take it out. Um, yeah, it's, this is the second time this tournament's um, officially been played, but obviously, obviously there's been a lot of um, club tournaments in Christchurch for a while, so you probably played at one of those, but... Yeah, Kiowa t- um, tournament with the sport of Trident, as you mentioned, um, it's in its second year, and we're just going okay. to grow from strength to strength and, and lift the profile of this of this club and um, of this tournament. Okay, no, that's cool. I just I've I've got memories of playing one at Sheldon Park for years ago, but it would have been like fifteen years ago. So I, I know. It's oh no, a, you'll be right. Yeah, yeah. Sheldon Park is the is the heart of Canterbury Touch, so you definitely would have played that and started. For your team, no doubt. <laughs> no, mate, we were, we were battlers. I was telling Jacob, the producer, we were coming in from Rangura, so we played for the Rangura High School team, and then we came into town and got absolutely bashed up by the townies, all the slick steppers. Uh, you are probably one of those fast country bumpkins, mate. <laughs> we know you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's farm strong. Um, talk to us about it, though, because I'd, I'd love to know how many how many teams you've had involved, what age groups, and yeah, you know, what, what was the competition like yesterday? Yeah, you know, yeah, re- really big competition yesterday. I guess the idea about this tournament in first place is to um, uplift Kaupapa Māori. That's the first one, and using the values of the Kiowa um, Sports Club. Um, but we have tried to... There's a club tournament called Whakatane Classic. Um, it's been around for 36 years up north. But it's really hard for the South Island teams to get up there due to the money. So we thought we'd, um, Kiowa would provide you know, this this platform and opportunity for the South Island teams. But what we needed is to get those North Island teams, those big teams, to come down and support that. And we've been fortunate in the last couple of years that they've done that. Um, spending their money to come down and support the South Island team. So it just means that by the time we hit nationals with our provincial um, teams, that we've got some t- um, tough competition under our belt and ready to go. So, yeah, no, really good tournament. Um, geez, in the women's grade, there's probably about... Uh, 16 teams or so in the men's grade we had two pools of 10 yesterday so those guys were battling it out and um, like you said in that very tough heat so yeah the standard is definitely down here and it's really exciting fast touch that is awesome I think that's wonderful that you're preparing these uh, men and women when they go to that next stage you're giving them a, a platform to be able to grow from and I know you guys were looking for some youngsters to get involved um, well because I'm sure plenty of there's plenty of kids around. People bring their kids, plenty of talented youth. So did you manage to find a few teams to play during that lunch break? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we just put it out there to the community and to our club. We had uh, many, many uh, Kiowa junior teams. So they'll all be down there in force today. And 
Um, we've just asked, put out the community for other clubs or just kids in general to turn up. There'll be a couple of drills okay. for the kids and then they'll be playing some games. So, you know, it's all about the future. So hopefully they get to see some good touch, but they get their chance to um, shine and parents and the whole tournament supporting them. So that's uh, that's sort of really good vibe. I mean, there's tough competition with the adults, but we definitely want to um, support the future of our sport. So, yeah, essentially we're saying if you're happy to battle the heat today, get down to Sheldon Park, you'll be watching some pretty high-level touch and there'll, there'll be plenty to get involved with, especially if you're a youngster. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've got, we've got the pool down there too, so the kids can bring their toys or parents, um, you know, just to chill out there and cool down between games. But, yeah, the, the competition's going to heat up today, <laughs> um, figuratively, oh. literally. So, yeah, get out there. Excuse the pun, I'm sorry, but that's too early. Nah, nah. Um, it's but, you know, but, get, but, come down Paul, to the board and get amongst them. It was so hot yesterday. They reckon it's going to be even more hot today. So, like, I assume from a, a health and safety perspective, you've got a, plenty of sunscreen. You're going to have to have plenty of water stations out there. I'm sure that's something you're mindful of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they've um, put out a memo um, just on the Touch New Zealand Health and Safety that uh, if the heat gets up to what they expected to, um, 34-ish even, um, that they will sort of alter the alter the games and halves and play four ten minutes. And there's lots of drink drink breaks in there as well. Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense, mate. Hey, that's awesome. I think this is a wonderful initiative. Second year, I'm sure, second year of many, getting us, getting the Cantabs yep. ready to go to the next stage. And, and yeah, as I said, shout out to Trident Homes. They're always happy to get involved for something like this, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, we're very fortunate. We've got lots of support there. Trident Homes are obviously being our main supporter, so we really, really appreciate that. Um, and we've got um, other support too with... Um, Bower Smokehouse, Tommy Hunter Legal, Event High, and Ahi Research, and, and just other people behind the scenes just giving up their time um, and supporting this really important co-papa for our community. That's you too, Paul. Kia ora, bro. That's really, really good stuff from you, man. Um, enjoy it. Stay, stay safe in the heat for everybody as well, and hopefully the level's really high today. Cheers. Yeah, I'm a coach, mate, so I can coach on the shade, so I'll be good. Uh, thank you. Really <laughs> appreciate it. No worries. Bucket hats are plenty out there today, no doubt. There's Paul Piawini, who, who is um, he's looking after coaching in, in this really, really cool initiative, um, which is fantastic, to be honest. The, um, I think this is, this is magnificent. The Kiowa Invitational Club Touch Championships, second year running, uh, Sheldon Park. There you go. That would make sense. Home of touch in the region. Uh, always hosts these big touch tournaments. Does a really good job at it as well. And that is the Canterbury Sports Corner. Shout out to Paul Pierwini. Shout out to Andy Maloney. Shout out to Cole McConchie. Shout out to the Black Caps. 4-0 in this T20 International Series against Pakistan, which you've heard live and free here on SCNZ. Um, they'll be back on, the cool team will be back on Sunday. We go back to Hagley again. It's all happening in the region, isn't it? Absolutely is. The mail run's coming up. I'll stay around for another couple of hours. Jeez, I'll probably come back this afternoon and do the good oil as well, will I? You're a one-man band. <laughs> well, there is Clayto. Two-man band. If I'm a one-man band, what is Clayto, yeah. He's like that guy who sits there, he's like busking with, he like hits the thing with his foot and he's playing the harmonica. <laughs> <laughs>